0: Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass.
1: How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special
2: honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're
0: waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Creese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to... Quiet, please.
2: Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hi, boys. Nice day for golf, Ed. Quiet, please. Oh, you got secrets, eh? Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the...
0: Hey, you guys. Hey! We're trying to have a podcast over here.
2: <laughs> Do you swear that the testimony you are about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So
3: help me God.
2: <laughs> so help me God.
3: <laughs>
2: or, well, anyway. um, Hey, another show. Quiet, please. Alan DePue, I am joined. You heard him already. Andy Hydorn. Hello, Andy.
3: Gentlemen, happy to be with you all.
2: Bourbon Bob, checking in from
0: Kentucky. And I'm wicked stabbing so we better have a good pace of play tonight.
2: <laughs> and you know. Just saying, just saying. You know him as the prettiest podcaster in the golf industry, Christian Nazamus. hello uh, boys! Hi, Christian. Noticeably absent, one uh, B. Elliot. Uh, he is out uh, teaching the children golfing superstars of tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we'll cut, we'll cut him some slack, right, Bobby? Uh, very, very little. I mean, that's really slacking, don't
0: you think? I mean, <laughs> I, <hear laughs> I was out there with very- my.
3: It's not very hot down there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I was out there this evening until 20 minutes ago with my PGA Junior League team, and it was 84 and breezy and beautiful here in Kentucky, so,
2: you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not down there, 104 probably. Anyway, hey, lots on tap, okay? I'm going to throw it. We're going to just jump right into it. You, You heard how I opened it, Andy. Dominating the news once again, Live. Live in PGA and you are the master of the live report. So of course you have to take the lead on this, but I have thoughts. But go ahead.
3: Okay, so um Jimmy Dunn and uh and the guy who's filling in for Jay Monahan, his name is slipping my mind. Price, something Price, maybe.
0: Yeah, Ron Ron Price.
3: Ron Price, yeah. Um, testified in front of Congress this week um, and got grilled by the Democrats and got, you know, padded by the Republicans, which I thought was somewhat interesting and somewhat predictable. Um,
2: but wait a, it, it, wait a minute, they don't get her on.
3: Yeah, they, they had to pick sides. Yeah, <laughs> shocking. Um, but, but it was, it was interesting, you know, and I think the, a lot of information was disclosed this week, documents that all of us general public got to see. Um, and I think one of the things that I think is, is really getting a little bit misconstrued out there is there are a lot of proposals that were floating around, you know, in documents and ideas for how a deal might work. Um, but there is no deal. There there isn't anything at this point. I think the interesting thing for me is I realized just how much the PGA Tour was afraid of live, not just the lawsuit, but they were afraid in the long term of getting more and more of their players poached. Um and it's just not in their opinion it's a danger to the PGA tour but it's not good for professional golf um i think it it was interesting to know that while there is no deal there's a you know an agreement to try to make a deal but you know really dismissing the lawsuit with prejudice i think was a huge win for the PGA tour um so to me that was the biggest Thing I think we should get into some of the, the other potential elements of the potential deal, um, which I think are pretty interesting. But I think the main thing that came out for me was that the PGA Tour, you know, kind of won on that kind of lawsuit, and which I think was really important to them.
2: I want to read an excerpt from one of the pieces of testimony that they entered that was introduced. It says. His excellency appreciates that the situation has not been helped by the approach adapted by certain individuals and would be happy to explore a combined management structure whereby live in the PGA might work in partnership, especially in respect to media rights. While the parties may appear far far apart, I do not believe there is such common de- there is a common desire among the leading players shared by the excellency to bring the sport back together in time for the 24 season. Clearly, Bobby, the devil will be in all the considerable details. Always in the
0: details. Um, and then if this thing pans out, Mr. Norman, Andy's favorite player, <laughs> is <laughs> is on the outs. So that's an interesting uh, chain of events right there. Would, I, I still go- it's, it's so
2: facto, would that be certain individual? Uh, in my
3: mind, it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it it's interesting. I When this whole thing
0: started, I, I said it a few times. There was never even a two-minute attempt for a conversation. It's just, right. you know, because of Norman and his, his legacy and what he's done and some of these other things. And, you know, it just would have been interesting because somewhere in that testimony, I read something where somebody said, and I think it was from the committee, why didn't you guys just initially try to chat it through? And be professional about it, for lack of a better wording—that's my wording. But no, no, nothing ever happened. And now they're going through um, this, you know, with the Senate. And it is true. Like, if this thing does come to fruition, who's not to say another major league team um, now be outside the United States borders? You've got the influence from different states, different nations. That's wicked uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, and how it was announced, I keep thinking about that. I mean, this thing could have been constructed a lot better versus how it was shadowy, and then it's announced on TV, and the players don't even know. So it's, the whole thing
2: continues to go sideways. It, it's ridiculous. You can see, you can watch him. He he leaned in. He's chopping at the bit. He was Mister Live, by the way. I want to remind Andy that was that Christian was pro live before he was not pro live. Just coming close. Wow. All right, Christian. This is your time. This is your boys. Kick a man while he's down. Jeez! Holy oh, this crap. Your boys. No, they're not your boys anymore.
1: Um, no. Indecisive about it. Still, I mean, I agree with everything that that Bob and Andy said. Um, I don't, I don't think it's. I, I still think there's going to be a lot more that comes out in the future. Um. I wouldn't necessarily say people are getting their hopes up after what happened. I think that it, it might be going in the right direction. It may not be going in the right direction. It just kind of depends on who you're talking to. Um, you know, I do, I do find it interesting, though. I did read an article. I think it was Golf Digest that said that the merger, I believe, that they were talking about Tiger and Rory um, needing to play in a live event. I got I don't know the full details on it. I read it very no, quickly. They're
2: asking them they wanted them to play in
1: ten. Or oh, ten. Yes. doctor can't even pick up a club. That's gonna be interesting again, to see what happens.
3: Again, those are the many one of the many proposals that were out there, which which are nothing more than something written on a piece of paper, like like you know, the Al Ramayan, I think is how you say his name. Um, getting Augusta. membership at Augusta National. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's that's just somebody writing that on paper. It's just not. It's, yeah.
2: Well, I did. Okay. So I found it interesting that that Liv and the, the PIF reached out first. I did find that interesting. And I also found it interesting that Rory held a private meeting. Bobby? Bobby? Yeah, well, he, you know, that's news because he
0: says he didn't know the thing was coming down the pike. So I don't know. It's we'll see the re- results uh, next on Dateline. I'm sure. Forty eight hours.
3: is yeah. One of those
2: shows.
3: Hey, one one of the other things that I thought was really interesting that came out in the hearing was initially, live was supposed to be a very small you know maybe two or three event thing at the end of the year um you know team golf and all that stuff and i believe from from where i sit seems like greg is the one that wanted to blow this thing up into something that that wouldn't have been a uh an also with the pga tour it would have been an and or
2: the alleged um, individual
3: right so in way more events. Remember, originally they were talking about only eight events, and right. then it became sixteen. Yep. Originally, if you believe what you heard in the hearings, it was only supposed to be a couple of events, and it was going to be at the end of the year in the off season. So, it blew up into something that really became quite a a threat to the PGA Tour.
2: I think he. I think Greg was still upset. They took away the Templeton Shootout on it.
3: Yeah, probably. I, Amongst, I think the highlight. even I was gonna say
1: the highlight of the week, though. Did you see the highlight of the week, though? Did you see Brooksy and Bryson taking a photo together? What the hell? And We're and bros. it says, "Let's go, let's go, Brooksy" on his shirt. They're like best buds now.
3: Yeah, uh, and let's let's also not forget to mention that, as Brooksy in his own dickhead way, you know, was smashing Matthew Wolf last week. Guess who finished last in the tournament? Matthew Wolf did. Yeah. So it's just – that's kind of tough to
2: – Or, or how about, you know, everybody's praising cause, because uh, Bryson's back. He's not back. I'm sorry, he's not back.
1: He's not back. He's not, back. He's not even close to being back. Nobody on Live minus Brooks is close to being back. If I'm being quite honest with you, good good for Cam Smith that he won the London event, but you're also thinking that the competition on Live is not even rem- remarkably close to
2: the PGA. Well, let's talk That's about why the, when these guys let's, go let's, and let's
1: play in tournaments, besides Brooks, the, no one's
2: competing in it. Event. Let's talk about the. Here, hold on. Quiet, quietly. It's, 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 talk a, about it's the, a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. It was an absolute joke. Nobody there. Cam with a classic <laughs> F-bomb and a half on the part three after he hits almost a Hazel rocket. <laughs> but thank God there was nobody in the in the gallery, right, Andy?
3: Somebody responded back on social media that that was a practice round. But I find it hard to believe that Cam would be throwing F-bombs during a practice round.
2: Andy, yeah. A, uh, the, how many practice rounds have you gone to? There's still not people. Yeah. There's there's forty eight golfers on the course. Yeah, I've been I've been to a bunch in my life,
1: and they were in college at Niagara because nobody came to watch us.
3: Well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should we should we uh, talk about how that might be a little different?
2: Hey <laughs> Andy, I saw the I saw the scores posted in the Mac. <laughs> okay,
0: so you got I a don't, question don't for Andy? Me, don't
2: remind me. Andy yeah. and Christian, you
0: know, as competitive golfers, so do you think you play a dog track with really strong players to hone your competitiveness, or do you play an unbelievably tough golf course, tough golf course, tough setup, tournament feel, but the competition golfers aren't so good? Like which way do you think is better for your game?
3: I, I think playing with the the better players.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree
1: with Andy. I think if you can beat the best of the best in the world, then that that showcases regardless of where you play.
3: And, and I, here, here's the thing. Liv has a lot of really good players. They really do. They have a handful really of do? guys who are terrible, but they have a lot of really good ones. My question or my issue is that ultimately, I don't care how good you are. If you're in something that, doesn't really matter if you don't really care about it if it's not like heightened your competitive juices is it really good competition then
2: oh, you slap it around collect your check and go home yeah sorry i'm, I'm looking i'm looking for andy in the background andy
1: Ogletree. <laughs> i can't find him anywhere
2: yeah i, I do to free like that's,
0: I, I, that's that's I i was throwing i was just throwing that uh, question out i wanted people at home to to know that and listen to it And I can't help but digress, forgive me, 30 seconds. When I was in the Mid-Atlantic PGA, president of the section, I wanted to bring our section championship to East Potomac. And I got semi-lapped out of the boardroom. And I was so adamant. I said, we can help, forgive me, expand the game, get more eyeballs on this tournament. Whoever is playing the best is going to win. Whoever is the most competitive, I don't care if it's whatever. Um, There's congressional in the section, some unbelievable courses. I just felt so strongly that, if we went to a miniature golf place and Wayne D. Francisco at the time was playing great, like D. Frame would win. Like it just, I thought we could be the one section in the country that really was a leader and in being innovative. Say, so, you know what, we're going to take this to East Potomac in five years, work with the Superintendents Association, agronomically try to get the course in a little better shape. But tomorrow morning, if we teed it up, the competition is what it's all about just the playing against the better players. I'm off my soapbox.
2: Some section. Shocking.
3: It's shocking to see you thinking out of the
0: box, Bobby.
2: Yeah, you're it's like re- you're like reimagining the game, Bobby. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> i don't write that. Hold on. let me write that now. But you know what? I love that. I love that concept. I mean, what did I just read? John Ashworth just played like uh, I don't even know how many holes for a big charity event, a ghost or goat hills raising money for for people yep. be getting into the game, not not to digress onto player development and you know growing the game, but that's a great concept. I, I think every PJ section, not to
0: take over, but every PJ section so look in their section, find the one golf course that might have history, might be below the radar, of big time, might be the disadvantaged play. I mean, talk about opening up diversity channels, but also. I'm a big collaborator working with the golf course superintendents, the unsung heroes, like let's work together. The golf course manufacturing, you don't think John Deere or Toro would say, Hey, East Potomac, here's a few pieces of equipment. Here's some fertilizer. Let's do our best to bring the best players in the section into the shadow of the Washington monument. What a great thing. No, no, no. Want to go play Columbia, Chevy chase congressional, whatever. I'm like, we always play those courses. Every section out there is going to have that that one course that just, I don't know. I'll stop. It's true, though.
2: No, oh, you're right. How many, I mean, how many proper, how many, how many eat, go to look at the tour. How many courses are going to, are getting left behind for various reasons? Which, are we done with Liv? Christian, are you done, are you done championing Liv?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it probably next week, too, because it'll be something else that goes on or whatever. Every but for week, now I know
3: It's going to be every week.
1: I get it. I get it, big bro. It's going to happen every week moving forward yeah. because it's never going to stop. And, you know, until until that settlement or whatever happens in the future is settled, period. And, and now that they're getting rid of Greg. Supposedly getting rid of Greg,
2: terminating him. Who knows what's going to happen now moving forward? Well, I'll tell you what, one last thing before we move on, because it's all about the events and the venues, right, Andy? Bingo. Andy. <laughs> okay. Before we before we go to there, uh Xander, it is Scottish Open Week. Everybody's prepping for the for the open championship. Xander gave his preference presser today. I mean, he if he had a bus, he rel, r- ran over Monahan like three times and backed up to make sure he got him.
3: Really, tell tell us more.
2: Did not see you did not see this. No. Oh, well, allow me to allow me to share without hopefully disconnecting our recording here. Uh, where am I at here? I got to find the exact quote. How? Oh, I don't trust people easily. He had my trust, but he has a lot less now. So, and I don't stand alone when I say that. So. He, he made no, he made even Scotty, mild mannered Scotty, was like questioning the way it all, everything has gone down. So I think glad to see Jay's healthy and back, but he's got some, <laughs> he's got some explaining to do.
3: I, I mean, it, it's clear to me. And if you're a player on the PGA tour and you don't recognize this, it's pretty clear what happened and it's pretty clear why it happened so it shouldn't be a big surprise to anybody um it's the thing that bothers me the most is people who are who are out there saying that somehow this is all come together for jay monahan's own personal benefit and i I mean that just drives me nuts because at the end of the day it's it's Like it or not, like it, what happened, how it happened, how it started, where it came to, at the end of the day, it was a really bad situation that was his job to extricate themselves from. So again, Xander, uh, whatever, dude, it's just, you know, put yourself in in the shoes of the people on the board. Put yourself in Monaghan's shoes. It wasn't an easy thing that they had to deal with.
2: Christian, what do you got to say? You're being quiet, please.
1: Um, because I got a lot on my mind. That's why Are I you? got a lot going on.
2: So, what can we help? What What can we and the listeners help you with? absolutely my golf game for starters that's that's a given yeah, you can do my golf game there is there is no i was gonna say there is nobody worse than i am i'm contemplating giving it up i'm I mean, oh I'm my like, god you're uh, contemplating giving I'm it up it. shut Dude, up I'm packing it in
1: <laughs> oh my you just sound just like your two sons all right because <laughs> they both say the same shit i'm gonna give up golf and they shoot 75
2: uh, yeah, yeah I mean,
1: you still pipe at 200 on the middle I'm sure of it. Uh,
2: yeah, not so much. <laughs> you got
1: the you got the best flat stick I know.
2: Yeah, I, I do have that. <laughs> it's an equalizer. You're the, you're the backbone of a of a of a of a scrambled. I am. Stuff. Thank you so much. But let's talk about talk about scrambling. Let's talk about venues. Let's talk about holding events at quality venues. Andy, catching oh. of the US Open Ladies Open.
3: Yes, that's a perfect uh segue into the quality venue discussion. Well thank you. Because it to me it was it was that much more watchable. And I, I love watching women's majors anyway. But like it, it just rose the bar a little bit for me. Um raised the bar a little bit for me. Um I was more interested in watching it, it was it was awesome to see that tournament come down the stretch, and and uh, Pebble Beach was awesome.
2: Were you disappointed that we they didn't get the weather, the 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 you know the teeth of Pebble? No, no. I thought it was a. I didn't
0: see a lot of it, but I thought it was. Uh, you know, like Andy said, it's a, it's an iconic venue. We've seen so many iconic golfers play there, iconic shots. And so you can't help but watch some of the ladies play and go, wow, I remember Tiger there, Jack there, Tom Kite there, whatever it is. Um, the setting is magnificent, and um, it definitely lends to – and then the players talked about it, that they're playing the course and thinking about these other shots and watching players play there before, certainly on the men's side. Um, and it was really neat. Uh, who made the comment? Uh, I forget. Anyways, but in, I thought Michelle Wee-West, might. Play a little bit better, kind of the swan
2: song, uh, but that was nice of the punch you made at 19.
3: That was awesome.
2: So, so, Christian, last week while you were flying all over the country, uh, we um, we begged the question is the U.S. Women's Open the most coveted of the women's five majors? Yes, Bobby. I would say so, yeah.
3: We have consensus. Quiet, please.
2: I was going to say all five of us concurred.
1: I, I, I would I, say that and then the Open, like the actual like British Open. Because I think that the was... Covenant, to be frank with you, I think that it's the same thing for the men, to be fr- to be honest with you. I think if you're an American, obviously you would love to win any major. That goes for any any country. But I'm saying I think the U.S. Open on the men's side too is the most Covenant major out of all four of them. I think it goes that and British.
3: Yeah, I, I think you throw the Masters in that conversation. I was going to say player. that You have got... to.
1: I, I get it. No, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. But I'm saying just from a different – because, like, you play Augusta every year. You play different courses. I mean, the same courses, but they rotate all the time. Uh, you can make an argument for either, but I would. I, I love the U.S. Open. It, I love watching the tournament. And I wish it was a little bit harder this past year – or this year, excuse me. But I, I do I do love it because you see – it's the ultimate test, in my opinion – to win a major you know you can go 13 under par or 10 under par at a Masters or um, a PGA the Open's the same way I think those two tournaments really test every skill that you have on a golf course
0: in my opinion I mean do you think think that I think the, the I agree I think the U.S. Open is a complete and utter 360 test and when you're trying to win that event it's pure grind it out grind it out 100%. Augusta, it never hit me until some years ago. i just interested to get your perspective. Augusta is a tough golf course, without a doubt. But it seems like as you're coming down the end, it's like you're battling the ghosts of Bobby Jones, the ghost of the aura. Like that plays in probably more there. Maybe they're going up a little bit, but it's like I, I think you can't help start thinking ahead at Augusta coming down the stretch where at the U.S. Open, it's just, oh, my God, how do we hit that fairway?
3: Yeah, and then this year they threw – the 80 yard wide 18 fairway at LA country club. And it's like, yeah, hmm. but, but I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely different mindsets in different, different hurdles to win each of those majors, you know? Yeah. Really but they're, they're all major.
1: different though. Like yeah. it's different, it's a different task to win the, to the masters yeah. and the PGA and so forth. Like yeah. Bobby said, you mentally are drained after an open week and a British open week. You know, you are mentally just drained, and they all have history to them. I'm not saying that, but I just again, I think that the two hardest to win are those two tournaments. So,
2: I have I, I have to ask the question because we talked back to last week. Why do we see it at the Women's Open that tends to be this that it this week there wasn't a lot of the name big names were up top. No. And it's, it happens
3: seems all that the time at that. All church.
2: the time at that at that yeah. tournament, mm-hmm. especially you, were you would think that the top players would they, they, they would endure. Why, Bobby? I have a theory. Opine.
0: Oh, <laughs> I have a theory, and Andy's going to know this name. Um, not that I'm best friends, but Eddie Kirby out of New England always played well at the U.S. Open. I. Don't, it's almost like you know what? It's so freaking hard that you almost potentially relax a little bit where the good player, the great players, that pressure is on them. Um, And then Bob Crowley, you might remember Andy goes back. He he passed away contemporary. My dad's Bob Crowley qualified for many a U.S. open. He said, and Bob Crowley was a great golfer. If he missed the fairway, it was by two feet. He said, I would have done better at U S opens if I blew it further offline where the, the, uh, I was going to say patrons. I'm not talking to customers. But the spectators walk. If you're two feet off the fairway, it's in the munch. You can't hit it, advance it. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's uh, talking to some – I've never played the U.S. Open, but talking, I've tried the U.S. Open qualifying, but it's it's tough. I mean, I don't know. It's just maybe when you get there, you just think it's, it's just so hard and it's just react – different people react different ways.
3: But, it, but I think the interesting point that, that you're making is – regardless of where you are and we all acknowledge that each major has its different challenges right but if if you're in control of your golf ball like you can play a US open like you if if you're hitting fairways and greens you can play a US open you can you can hang in there and and contend and you can do all that stuff and it's like if you're doing that at augusta that doesn't mean the same it's not the same. You have to do other things at Augusta to compete. But, you know, there are guys always, and Alan, you originally brought this point up about, you know, what happened at the Ladies' Open, and and Allison Corpus absolutely had control over her golf ball.
2: Oh, absolutely.
3: Like, coming down the stretch, she almost birdied every damn hole.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, actually, I want to. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask another esteem uh, instructor. Well, what what was up with Charlie Hall and the flat foot? Did you guys? I mean, seriously, oh, yeah. did, you, did you see that, Bobby? I didn't. I didn't no, see I didn't, that. I didn't see it. her instructor. and I'm not questioning. I'm Sure, very accomplished instructor. She's a very, very accomplished player. She literally was doing a swing, and she was keeping her back foot on the ground
3: and finishing like waist
2: Flat-footed. high, flat footed, flat footed, yeah,
3: waist high though with her arms.
2: Interesting.
0: To trying to hit knockdown shots.
3: I know, just kind of trying to trying to sync up her body and her arms. You know,
1: I've done that drill numerous times on the range. I've done yeah. it during college tournaments before. Like I get why she was doing it, but like you said, Andy, she's trying to get her body synced up. Yeah. For me, with my swing, I hit a lot lower doing that. I don't know what her reasoning for doing it was for the Open because I I didn't see it.
2: Um, but I do know a lot of people that do that. I mean, she fired a little, what was it, 66 in the final round and came storming up the leaderboard. but Awesome round of golf. I'm just sitting there going, what, what, what are we watching? Yeah.
1: I had a better time watching the Ladies' U.S. Open than I did the Men's this year, to be frank with you. I had a better time watching it.
2: I, yeah, Granted, I just- the
1: golf course. Yeah. And the golf course that had a big, that had a big, now there was a lot of studs on the, on the PGA and there was not really many, many uh studs on the, on the LPGA at the U S open, but that golf adds. course had a big, you know, golf course had a big thing to do with it. And given that this was like the biggest purse in the LPGA, it was also nice to see that too. So. Oh yeah. 11 million. Yeah. I think it was a uh, 2 million bucks she won. I think. Yep. So.
2: So, we're heading overseas. Scottish Open. I mentioned it already once. Christian apparently has some... uh, (laughs) He's got inside intel. He's probably going to miss the country by think pick We don't usually go for the betting lines on this podcast. We don't advocate that. Christian may be a partake in it in a uh, trifecta or parlay or, few, or two. But lay it on us, Christian. Who you got?
3: Who's your guy?
2: Well, uh, my dark – I'm going to say my
1: my favorite picks. Ricky. Of course, I got to pick Ricky to win this week. He loves Lynx golf. He's hot right now. Got all the confidence back from winning the Rocket Mortgage. All right, he was just over at Wimbledon with the boys. Boys are, boys are playing the trips here, by the way. MJT and Jordan? They're gonna plan a trip here soon. The whole world's gonna know it. My <laughs> dark horse. Did. Yeah, they're gonna plan a better one though.
2: It's gonna be a better see, one. Let, well, let's let's go there. Did you see them at Wimbledon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, did I see them at Wimbledon? I fall. I have like a Ricky Fowler tracker on my phone.
3: hey, <laughs> 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 okay, dude. Who's your dark horse?
1: Dark horse Min Woo Lee.
2: Ooh. I'll tell you what. I like his game. Ooh.
1: He is knocking on the door. This is a tournament in the past where people break through that they win for the first time. I he believe he's like has he not
3: game. won this before.
1: Uh I don't I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no idea. I don't think he has. I don't
2: think so.
1: He he Are is it? my uh dark horse pick. He's plus thirty four hundred to win.
0: Hmm, interesting. Alan, I'm going with uh, a little bit of what our pretty podcaster says. Um, I think because he has played well on links and he embraces that shot shape and the whole deal, Ricky, I think Ricky, yeah, Ricky's viable for a win. But I'm kind of going back because he started to track better and he played well in the U.S. Open just as a competitive nature. But uh past winner of the Scottish Open, Shane Lowry. I'm going with him too. Very nice. I like
2: that guy. Very nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh,
3: I would love to pick Ricky because that's who I would like to pick. But since you guys picked him, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Xander because he's had success there before last year. Um, So he's my pick. My dark horse pick is Robert McIntyre. Ooh. Wow. Lefty from Scotland. Look at you guys. Who's kind of on his game right now? Hmm.
2: I'm going with Scotty because I'm guaranteed a top ten finish.
1: Yes, you are.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: He's actually favorite to win at plus seven hundred. Him, Rory at plus eight fifty, and then I think when I looked at it earlier, I think it was um Xander's up there and. uh Patrick Cantlay was up there at plus fourteen hundred. That shocked me as well that he was in the top five because he mm-hmm. hasn't been really playing
2: that great as of late. So, so. Andy doesn't have one. He, he he failed on that one. So I'm going to throw it. Don't be that guy. And it's, and it's I'm sorry, folks. It's only tailored. A lot of the people in the golf industry, this works in the industry, will understand this one, can appreciate this one as maybe as much as Bobby and I. But there is professional courtesy. In the yeah. industry, if you are a golf course superintendent, you are a um golf profession, right? Where you call another facility, you speak with a professional, and if they're they they welcome you to their facility uh as their guest for that day, obviously you're not doing it at eight o'clock in the morning. Hashtag don't be that guy that walks up to the counter. And pulls out the card and shoves it in my face yesterday and says, You take this without calling. Well,
0: oh, I hate that. I hate that. That's happened to me many times on the one
2: side of the counter. And yep. I, it it ticks me off so bad, I go, here's the here's the rate. Yep. I, I charged him that and hit and banged him for the rental set also because he because he was in town visiting family. And and yeah. I said, You call did you call our superintendent? He said, no. I said, I'm sorry. (laughs) I got got a budget to make. Yeah. (laughs) Christian, 18th green, what you got?
1: Well, final thoughts are that I hope that my uh, Minwoo Lee doesn't miss the cut. Hopefully I didn't jinx him. Usually when I do these picks, the guys usually end up missing the cut, or they just don't play in a tournament like Tommy Fleetwood did earlier in the year. So – I'm off to a great start on that, but um, continue guys to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. As you've seen, we've had a lot of great guests on this year. We got a lot of great guests coming up uh, for you guys. Um, so if you can continue to follow us on this awesome journey that we're doing, uh, we greatly appreciated. And uh, that's my final thought,
2: honestly. Mr. Hydor. So
3: I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but it's it's sticking in my craw here a little bit. I think Rose Zhang is a great young player. Oh, yeah. I think she's got amazing talent, amazing, you know, upside. She's she's gonna be great, right? But can we stop stop like pushing these people forward before? they've earned it or they're ready. And what I mean by that is going into the ladies US Open open. People were talking about Rose Zhang as the favorite. Give me a break, okay? She's had what? 3 tour events leading up to this. It's no different if if Ludwig Aberg was playing in the in the Open Championship. In a couple weeks it would be the same as them saying that he would be the favorite it's just it's just ridiculous look let her let her do what we all know she's going to do let her earn her way earn her stripes she's going to be great she's going to be awesome but to make her the favorite of a major championship right out of college in her third event is just like silly you know it's hyperbolic. It's it, it doesn't make any sense.
0: And Andy, it's like the, the Bill Parcell's comments after a rookie has a good first game. Yeah. Hey, put him in the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah. Just drives me nuts.
2: And Andy's dropped the mic on that one. Hey, Bobby, what you
0: got? Uh this is not a don't be that guy, but it's in the realm of uh okay, you you guys you listen at home. If we went down to the local playground and shot some hoops and just ran around, do we play basketball? Yeah, we're shooting hoops. We're kind of playing basketball. We go down and just whack some tennis balls back and forth over the net. We're playing tennis, right? Yep. I'll go to my grave. I never understand this has happened three times this week. I talk to people. Did you play golf? No, I don't play golf. Really, I'd like to help you get in the game. Well, you know, I go to the range a few times a year. Uh, last year I played in the scramble corporate thing. you you're a golfer. Oh
2: exactly. no,
0: no, I don't play golf. I'm not a, I, I watch TV. I, I see these guys. I can't do that. I'm like I, did, I, I want to lose my mind. Why do people do that? Yet they say to me, oh, I love playing basketball. We run around for an hour and we shoot air balls and we trip and fall. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. It's if you get got a club in your hand, you're doing miniature golf, you go to the range. You're in the golf ecosystem. You're
2: you're, you're golfing. Uh, National Golf that.
3: Foundation says they're golfers. They count them.
2: That just drives me nuts. It's like no, you're a golfer. Harder of 37 million. Yep. I'll never understand that. My final thought is in honor of going across, starting our trek across the pond. The RNA announcing the 2026. Open championship will return to the beautiful Royal Birkdale. Ten times it's already hosted, including Jordan Spieth, aka someone probably, although he's got a lot of majors, he got a lot of greatness thrust on him, apparently, right out of the gate. To your point, Andy. Uh Palmer, Trevino, Miller, Omira, Patrick Harrington, Matt. I'll tip you next week. Coocher. And Mr. 29 or 28 when he won, never to be seen from again until he got in front of the camera, Ian Baker Finch. Good Good roster. Real good roster.
3: So so did Matt Kuchar win an Open Championship?
2: Uh, I believe he did. Back nine. Oh, wait. nope. speak. No, I'm sorry. My bad. Stand corrected. That's where he, he I was uh, dueled by Spieth. By
3: driving range Jordan Spieth. Yes. So I, I was lucky enough to play Burkdale last, last summer. And going down the 15th hole, Jordan Spieth was off the planet. <laughs> like, like you would not believe how far off the fairway he was on that hole. It was...
2: You need an 80-yard fairway on the...
3: (laughs) He would have missed it. (laughs) He would have missed it. But... I was psyched to hear that, too. It's a great,
2: great golf course. Events and venues, Andy. Yep. Christian, keep working on your game, because... Anything? I was waiting for you to say hit it long
1: and straight because it beats you hitting it short and crooked.
2: I do hit it short and crooked. Have a good night, folks. But
0: he drinks bourbon.
2: I do.
1: You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs, whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting. Be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.